16 minutes it is now before the uh, top of the hour and uh, we shift our attention to our business wrap on this uh, Tuesday evening. I'm joined by Head of Trading at Merit Securities and that's Pinda Mangoloti. Pinda, how are you? Pinda, I'm quite unsettled here, certainly by two pieces of news here that I want to discuss with you uh, this evening. And uh, unsettled because I had my closest, which really, I guess, means, you know, which version of uh, the two truths in this particular instance uh, that have been represented, which one do we, I guess, take as the truth? And, uh, I mean, many of uh, the people who've been following the business news of uh, today would uh, certainly know that I'm referring uh, to uh, the um, termination of employment here by Old Mutual of uh, uh, their employment relationship with Peter Moyo. Now, we do know he was suspended, Pinda, uh, towards the end of May for, uh, I guess... uh, not an amicable handling of a conflict of interest uh, situation that emerged here. And Old Mutual was able to explain uh, today what uh, that issue was. And uh, Pinda, I think a good start would be, uh, what uh, was the content of that explanation? Um, Content of the explanation basically um, comes down to um, a breach of dividend policy Mm. where um, NMT, which is a company which uh, Mr. Moyo started, and uh, Old Mutual is also a shareholder of that. Mm. Um, the company, um, it is said the company had declared a dividend, um, which um, if now we hadn't had the statement from, from Mr. Moyo, um, I mean, we would have said that um, the, the, the Old Mutual version of, uh, of, uh, um, of the story that um, the dividends that were declared or paid out, um, Old Mutual didn't get any of those, which will then breach the 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 preference preference share argument that they have between mm. the two companies. Pinda, let's pause uh, there slightly. So, yeah. so did Old Mutual actually say? Because I think this this becomes a major bone of contention uh, later on as we when we look at Peter Moyer's own response. Did they say that, uh, uh, or did they imply that they didn't get uh, dividends in the declaration of ordinary dividends, which were paid out, and uh, 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 with uh, Peter Moyer getting, I guess, to the tune of about thirty point six million of those? Did did they suggest that as Old Mutual they didn't get any uh, part of that dividend pie? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you if you read the statement, it doesn't get into detail, mm. uh, which is, I guess, um, this is the part we got all of us scratching our heads. Did they or did they not get the dividend? Because if you had gotten the dividend, then definitely there wouldn't be any um, breach in terms of the dividend policy. Mm. If you would have gotten your part as a shareholder, as you should have, or as per the agreement. Uh, but as I've said, the statement does not mention that, though it talks about this particular conflict relating specifically to um, to this dividend policy, um, and also mentioning the fact that um, NMT breached that because there were um, preference shares, which were, or, or rather, payment that was due to Old Mutual, mm. which was still outstanding. Yes. And again, like I said, right now, with the two statements hand, um, hand in hand, um, one, again, unfortunately, goes back to scratching the head what exactly or which monies were not paid to Old Mutual mm. or the statement is certainly referring to. Yeah. Now, Pinda, for, for the purposes of our listeners here, let, let me just read briefly from uh, Peter Moyo's own response, which came out uh, this afternoon. And uh, he says it is quite correct indeed that uh, NMT Capital declared dividends of 115 million rand last year. Old Mutual received uh, 23 million, which was 20% of these uh, dividends in line with their shareholding. And Old Mutual was also paid an additional 20 million in uh, preference dividends. Now, in the end, I did a uh, because it, it becomes quite clear in 
Peter Moyo's statement that uh, he disputes some of the facts that were presented in the SENS announcement that came from Old Mutual earlier on this morning and uh, goes on to further suggest that even at a second meeting uh, where they then resolved to pay uh, an additional uh, $37 million to Old Mutual, uh, in uh, uh, and, and this, of course, included preference dividends, and that's the meeting uh, that uh, Peter Moyo chaired as a non-executive director at NMT. Um, I mean, I was saying earlier on when the statement came out, I was probably saying, I mean, why would NMT, certainly with such uh, um, you know seasoned hands and uh, seasoned business people, uh, make such a, a schoolboy and rookie error in uh, doing this? And yet, uh, I guess this uh, statement here by Peter Moyo this afternoon complicates things somewhat. It does. It does. Again, I mean, it, 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 again, it goes back to um, whenever there is a an executive committee or a board that will be sitting down, uh, you and I will definitely get a memo and agenda um, well up front, and we'll then get a chance to see who's going to be sitting in that meeting. And if there was a particular person who would have sat in that meeting and that would have been viewed as conflict of interest, immediately that would have been picked out. Right. And in this case, um, again, um, there's clearly, uh, again, just based on the statement, there's clearly no sort of conflict of interest here. Right. And the fact that um, the statement also mentions that um, all mutual corporate finance handles the, 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 you know, the, the relationship between the two entities and would have been the first ones to pick out any breach of the conflict interest um, is that, that that didn't come through or that was not reported to the relevant committee of Old Mutual, again, says something else. Uh, which, again, as I've said at the beginning, that as much as we have these two statements, uh, we're still scratching our heads is exactly what was the reason why Mr. Moyo was um, suspended and subsequently fired. Mm-mm-mm. It's quite clear here, Pinda, that in the absence of this uh, and uh, some of these issues being ventilated in the courts, uh, that uh, is among Nam now, and uh, uh, he said, she said uh, clearly. Let's take this uh, brief spot break, and when we uh, come back, we'll continue with this conversation and also touch on uh, some of the advice that uh, the Government Employee Pension Fund is getting, especially as it relates to their investment in NASPAS. Uh, stay tuned. We continue with our conversation, and I'm joined uh, by Head of Trading at uh, Merit Securities, Upinda Mangolotti, talking about... Uh, uh, Peter Moyo here, Chief Executive Officer at Old Mutual Limited, parting ways with the company, uh, which is uh, chaired by former Finance Minister Trevor Manuel. And uh, Pinda, I mean, uh, just on the other side of this, we're, we're guess weighing up the two statements that had come out here with the SENS announcement by Old Mutual coming through at half past seven this morning. And uh, then later on this afternoon, uh, Peter Moyo, I guess, giving his side of the facts here. And uh, I guess outside of uh, this matter going to the courts, uh, uh, is there any other prospect for us to, to uh, I guess, know what had happened here? Because for me, there are even uh, other issues that, I guess, come to light. So, uh, And they emerge from the statement that Peter Moyo put out, which is um, really around the arrears in sort of preferential pay, uh, uh, preference dividends that ought to have been paid between 2010 and 2018. Um, and, uh, of course, the rollover. That is implied there. I mean, from 2010 right through to 2018, rolling over uh, this kind of agreement. And it seems that there's another one now in negotiation. Uh, for me, that, uh, I mean, maybe I don't know enough about the space, but it does uh, come across as quite bizarre. Um, I don't think bizarre in a sense that, um, like it's, it, it, I guess it depends between the two, um, the two entities. Uh, because remember, when you, when you roll over, um, uh, preference share, 
basically what that means is that the agreement continues for another set period of time. Yes. Right? And as a shareholder, you still continue to give to, 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 to receive dividends. So in that sense, um, it, it, uh, it would... Um, I, I guess from where I'm sitting, anyway, it would make sense uh, mm. if we reach an agreement where also continue to pay the dividends, or uh, let's continue the relationship uh, for another, say, 24 months or so. As you said, I mean, uh, the statement does make mention that there there was another uh, sort of like negotiation in terms of uh, in terms of having this being rolled over. Mm. Um, I think it was last year, um, 2018, uh, as opposed to being redeemed, basically now. Um, the uh, old mutual then selling back the preferential to 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 MNT, MN, NMT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pinda, I mean, well, the other thing that I find rather surprising here is uh, the implicit expectation in the statement by Old Mutual that uh, Peter Moyer would, in his capacity as a non-executive director at NMT Capital, act in the interests of uh, Old Mutual. And I don't know what covenants they had between themselves. Uh, as Old Mutual and Peter Moyo here. Uh, I don't understand that expectation when, of course, Old Mutual would have, by virtue of it being a shareholder, its own representation on that board. Um, And uh, how would all of these things pass that uh, are seemingly against the interests of Old Mutual, uh, these uh, sort of preference dividends uh, that are in arrears? How would some of those things be passed and ordinary dividends being paid out uh, without uh, the preference dividends being paid out uh, if indeed there was an Old Mutual uh, representative on the board? Um, look, in terms of in terms of dividend declaration, I mean, um, I think we, you know, business 101, we all know that uh, preference shareholders will get first preference, yeah. right? And as per the statement from Peter Moyo, um, those were paid out, right? Even if there were some which were in areas, I think by now would have paid out because this was quite large sums of money that NMT declared as dividends right, in the past financial year. Uh, and also, um, I mean, in, in terms of in terms of uh, representation uh, on the board at NMT, uh, Mr. Moyo is an executive, as you mentioned, mm. uh, and Old Mutual had a representative themselves. Uh, so there was no way in clear view uh, of Old Mutual represent, uh, representative uh, on the board where would the, where then Mr. Moyo would let's say um, uh, you know um, chair the meeting such that it put an Old Mutual at a disadvantage. Um, because I think then they literally, I think the meeting will basically just stop right there and then because now you are breaching your your your, your fiduciary duties mm. uh, because you remember you also um, report to Old Mutual by virtue of being the, the, the CEO at Old Mutual. I mean, so... so I guess from what you're saying, Pinda, and I don't want to want us to stretch this too far because I also want us to talk about NASPAS. But from what you then are suggesting is that um, either the uh, statement that came out of Old Mutual this morning was incomplete uh, by way, I guess, of uh, the uh, chronology and the sequence of some of the events that uh, were unpacked, or seemingly there might be, uh, I guess, uh, something else uh, in uh, uh, the uh, at stake here in this particular issue that uh, might be totally unrelated, I guess, to. Um, uh, the uh, preference dividends that are in arrears uh, to Old Mutual from NMT Capital. And uh, many people have also suggested in the rumor mill that uh, there might be a showdown of some egos here. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, again, you, you, if you read Old Mutual's um, statement, it's, ex- it's actually carefully worded, uh, as though this is somebody who's trying to um, sidestep a, let's call it a landmine, mm. which will blow up in their faces down the line. Uh, but it does not, um, it does not help them whatsoever in terms of 
um, saying, leaving out certain details which would enable us to make our own decisions as well. Um, because literally, if you, as I've said, if you put these two statements, you know, on the table, uh, there's definitely something that's missing within the old mutual one. Uh, and you would find, you, you would think that um, as somebody who who has now reached this final stage of you know, uh, parting ways with Mr. Moyo, that they would actually give the market the details that we need as to how they arrived at such a, um, at such a decision. Mm, well, it's quite clear, Gapinda, uh, just judging by the response to uh, the share price here, that the market is rather uh, happy because uh, we did see in early trade uh, a positive response there uh, on the part of uh, the old mutual share price in response to uh, this news. But let's shift our attention now to Nasper, uh, which is the largest uh, company on the JSC by market capitalization. And uh, the GEPF now considering to reduce its shareholding in Nasper's uh, which is uh, stands at around 16% or so. And uh, this uh, on the advice, of course, of uh, some in the Public Servants Association and uh, in the PIC. And uh, all of this, I guess, having to do with uh, two issues here. One is uh, the major influence of uh, their Chinese investment, Tencent, and, uh, of course, their inability to... Uh, I guess, control things in the Chinese economy uh, that would allow them to uh, get a very clear sense uh, or or de-risk that kind of investment that they've made, which has a major impact on uh, uh, that entity. And then, of course, the other one is exposure to an entity that large, uh, potentially, if indeed uh, things do go badly in uh, NASPERS, has the potential to place a lot of vulnerability on uh, workers' pensions and also uh, on the economy more broadly. Yeah, um, I think I think the the, the timing of the uh, of this also, I mean, like, has to do with the fact that now when one talks about NASPERS, um, we're talking about the unbundling of its um, of its internet assets, which will be lifted um, in in Amsterdam, and which unfortunately has got a lot of people uh, um, confused in the sense that um, or questioning is this now money leaving SA. Uh, forgetting that um, with this unbundling, uh, as a shareholder, as a Nasdaq shareholder, you still get to um, you still get to share in the upside when it comes to those uh, when it comes to those uh, um, uh, what um, assets which are, are, are unbundled are, um, overseas. So you still hold about seventy five percent of that. So basically, net net, you are not in a disadvantage. But like you said, um, you know. If you if you read what the PSA says um, specifically with the with the Chinese influence, um, I think that the, the answer perhaps lies in there as to why now they're trying to consider or rather they, they they're listening to advice in terms of reducing their their stake in uh, um, in Nestus. Um However, one um, given the the current uh, trade wars or tech wars between the U.S. and China. Um, this this could actually be a positive for all Chinese-related companies. We now the Chinese government will basically do just about anything to make sure that their companies, um, you know, they they they're competitive, and secondly that um, they open up their markets, which then would sort of like allay some of the fears in terms of um, not having control. Um, as to what's happening in China, but if you look at Nasdaq, if you look at Nasdaq or Tencent being mm. the you know the the jewel of the investment that Nasdaq has made in recent in in recent history, I mean like that has continued to do very well, very well for investors, including the GEPF. Mm. Right, so so for 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 my side, look, it makes sense in in as far as 
trying to reduce the the concentration risk into one sure, company sure. because you you like you said you don't want to be found where the company comes down ten percent and you got hit hard the you you get hit um, the most mm. hard. and also certainly I mean if you if you look at um, the GPF GEPF um, asset managers at the PIC the benchmarking that they use is the the six all share mm. so basically with the six all share Nasdaq being the biggest company there about 25% of the market, you need to get closer to, in terms of allocating your capital into that particular company, get closer to that benchmark as you don't want to be caught with a company goes 10% higher and you are mm. underweight, you, you risk being under being an underperformer, sorry. All right. And also equally true, um, if, you, if you're now equally weighted and the company comes down by 15% and then your, your overall portfolio then you know, comes down by 15%. But the question again comes to um, GETF is now the biggest shareholder in the listed space in the JSE. Um, this decision, if it does go through, will this mean now with all the other investments um, where it holds well above 15% or at 15% is now the likes of Ramgro, the likes of MTN, the likes of, um, uh, just looking here, um, the likes of Rainex as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, will then a similar decision be taken in terms of now trying to limit the exposure into one particular company? I know I'm not comparing apples to apples because Nasdaq is a huge company mm-hmm. when it comes to the JSC lifting space. Okay. Pinda? Um, we'll have to leave it there but uh, I do have uh, on the line uh, I guess uh, people that are very close to this matter and Abanini uh, and I'm joined on the line by uh, the PSA's Assistant General Manager Ruben Maleka uh, uh, but Ruben good evening to you and thank you so much for taking time out to uh, join us this evening but Ruben Ah, we seem to be battling there uh, with uh, Oprah Ruben. But uh, let's take this brief break and uh, try and reestablish our connection there with Oprah Ruben because we want to ask them, is it just about, I guess, not putting all of your eggs in one basket or uh, are they saying that, uh, I guess, uh, with the NASPAS doing all of the kind of things that it's doing and it's by sheer size uh, that it uh, continues, as Pinda was saying, to present a concentration risk uh, to them. Let's try and reestablish our connection there with Ruben and uh, we'll come back after that. Bro, Ruben, do we have you on the line? Yes, yeah, good. Oh, that's that's a lot better. Thank you so much, Bro, Ruben, for joining us uh, this evening. And uh, you would have heard, I guess, parts of the conversation I was having uh, with Upinda Mangoloti there from uh, Merit uh, Securities. Uh, and I'd be interested to find out from you, certainly as the PSA, as uh, representatives of your own members and uh, their own, uh, I guess, the financial interests in this case, uh, what some of the thinking is behind... Uh, this uh, suggestion that the GPF considers its uh, shareholding and uh, potentially reducing its stake uh, in uh, NASPERS. Yeah, definitely we will welcome such a decision. Uh, we know very well that in the middle of 2008, the NASPERS price went down by about 20%. Mm. And this was as a result of the negative outlook of the economy and the slowdown of the Chinese economy, where NASPERS actually holds about that 1% of equity in one of the Chinese technology companies. Mm. Yes, therefore, we would welcome the fact that GPF uh, actually consider its mandate of investing into NESPAS. And we are saying it's time that GPF, in fact, you know, do not expose the pensioners' money to, 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 to the um, you know, world economy where 
we don't have a control over, mm. as it happens with, with standoff. So we are saying that we welcome that decision of GPF to reconsider his investment into Nasdaq. Okay. And, uh, you know, I mean, as with uh, all of investments, when you wind down your stake in uh, one entity, you pro- potentially have to invest it elsewhere. And I'm quite interested to hear from you as the PSA what some of your ideas are in that regard. Uh, do you want to just invest this back in the listed space and other listed equities? Or are you considering some investments that are in line uh, with, uh, I guess, the outlook and, of course, uh, the... Uh, 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 communities and the spaces that many of your members come from? No, definitely. Investment in the communities uh, is very much important. Not only to focus on listed companies in the GSE, and particularly on public servants themselves. I mean, most of the public servants cannot even afford houses. So if that can be done to maybe process and have a system where public servants can access their pension money and fund housing, because housing is an investment on its own. Mm. And it will also be benefiting the, 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 the depositors themselves. It will also be investment as part of the PIC investment uh, portfolio. And we are saying now that if you look at NESPAS, NESPAS itself, in, 20, in the middle of 2018, they have lost $121 billion from its market value. And this is the money of the public servants. And that's why we're saying that kind of money can be invested in unlisted uh, uh, companies which can actually benefit the workers themselves. Okay. So, so, so just balance us here real quick. I, mean, I, I want to understand you. Who, who makes the decision? Because one would think that as the GEPF, you, you've assigned the PIC to invest your members' monies uh, uh, on their behalf or uh, the GEPF, which represents some of your own members as the PSA, uh, appoints the PIC to make the investment decisions. And uh, what are you suggesting here? Are you suggesting that... Uh, I guess the GPF uh, uh, sends some mandate or writes a, a letter in suggestion. For some of us who might not be familiar with how these things work, because many people would think, as the fund manager, the GPF, in line with whatever mandates and, uh, uh, I guess, uh, uh, investment philosophy the fund has, uh, would then, of course, make uh, decisions on behalf of the GPF and not the other way around. No, definitely. GPF must have some sort of uh, oversight. Mm. Uh, we have seen in, in recent uh, PIC inquiry whereby some investments of billions of rents. They could not even PIC produce some of the documentation or any form of contract of some of the investments. And when GPF was called to question, they could not even account. So you can't say that I'm, I'm the responsible person to hold the, uh, this people's money. When, that, when the investments are made, you don't have a say. We are saying GPF must have a say, must know exactly where the money invested, and must see the returns. They must account for the returns. And that's why now we're saying the PIC, when these lost were, were, were made, they, I, I want to see companies such as Nespas, I want to see them come into the PIC inquiry and actually account for these kind of losses. Mm. I mean, if, if 121 billion... Now, if you look at what is happening in the PIC inquiry, uh, the companies, small companies, you can call IO, it, it was not even hesitant to call them to question to come and, mm. you know, have a testify in the inquiry. Sure. But Nes- where is Nespas in the whole question? Yeah. Of saying, where's Omnia? Where, where's Omnia? You know, where, I'm, no, I'm saying where, where's Nespers? Where are companies like Omnia and many of the other major listed players uh, who uh, have uh, certainly uh, seen some destruction of value, if we are to use the terms that have been used by many, uh, that have seen some destruction in their share price and, of course, destruction in the value of uh, the monies of your members. Uh, why are they not being called before the party commission? Definitely, that, that is our question, to say, why is this 
uh, big companies, uh, you know, looks like they are being ignored or deliberately being not questioned. We want them to come come and account to the PIC inquiry. It's easy to target the small ones. We know it's easy, but we need the time that these companies that have lost the public servants' money, we have said this about Stanhoff, we are saying this about Nespas, they must come and account to the PIC inquiry. Hmm. Ruben, we'll have to leave it there. I know... Uh, 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 that uh, we've heard the Ushapweki kilo shedding, so uh, we'll certainly have to uh, leave it there so that we don't uh, deplete your battery. I think there, are, there might be other no, people no, that are trying to call you. The electricity is back now. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, the electricity is back. Okay, hi. Thank you, Yaskom. Thank you, Pilo. Thank you so much. Uh, okay. Thanks, <laughs> Thanks Ayanda. Thank you. Okay.